We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. And um, let's get stuck into the Word of God. I I really have a a faith-building, fun message tonight, which I hope um, at the end of it, you look at 2020 with a whole lot more expectation, um, an increased sense of joy and excitement for what God can do. I just hope you leave here with a bit of pep in your step, really expecting a lot from God in 2020, but also a lot from yourself in the best way possible. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. If you've got your Bible, uh, it's going to come up on the screen as well. So let's read this together. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I love verse one, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. If you're running a race and you're supposed to fix your eyes on Jesus, it means he's at the finish line. If Jesus is on the side and you're fixing your eyes on him, but the destination's down there, you're not going to run a very good race. It's clear that the destination, the end goal, the finish line is in fact Jesus, who is cheering us on, but he is the reward. Because in Jesus, we have salvation, we have purpose, fulfillment, forgiveness of sins, hope, joy, love, etc., etc. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, if you want to turn there, and it's going to come up on the screens as well, it says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The Bible telling us there's a race, there's a prize, there's a finish, and it requires discipline. Paul says, I put a blow to my body. So he's disciplining his body. He's putting boundaries in place. He's putting his flesh in check so that he can be the best runner he can be for this race. Uh, Paul, in the book of Timothy, at the end of his life, he says, I have fought the good fight and I finished the race. Uh, Throughout scripture, life is likened to a race. There's a finish line, a destination, an end goal, which God has prepared for each and every one of us. Each of us running a race that looks a little bit different to everyone else's, but we all have the same goal in mind, which is to know God. Come on, to know God, to know Jesus, to glorify God and to point others to Him. The race might look different, but the end goal is the same. We we are to know God, we're to love God, we're to glorify God, and we're to point others to Him. Winning a race requires focus, training, and discipline. This is coming from the grade three cross-country inter-school champion. From grade four, it just went downhill, but that's for another message. Um, 
there are bad things we can do, um, and there's also good things that we don't do, which can affect us slowing down in a race or not finishing at all, um, not being prepared with the right gear. You don't do a 100-meter sprint in a black hoodie. Um, what else can slow you down is looking at other competitors in the other lanes as you're running. And, uh, and I saw that throughout middle school, kids getting ready. It's the big 100-meter race, and they get nervous halfway through. They look at who's winning, and it's not them, <laughs> or it is them, and looking to the side starts to skew their direction, and they end up not coming first. Um, not being strategic and not being planned can mean that you run the race slower or not finish at all. For example, if you run 100 meters with everything you've got, you get to the last like last meter of the 100 meters, you're sweating, you're spent, you're gasping for air, only to realize that it's year five, 1500 meters. And then you've cooked yourself because you've gone into it without a plan and without strategy. Worst of all, the thing that we can do, which means we, we don't run the race well, or we don't finish it at all, is that we can get disqualified. Getting disqualified from a race. Anyone in the house? Okay, that's fine. Just me. Getting disqualified from a race means you can no longer compete. You no longer can take part. And I want to preach on this word tonight. I think it's on the screen. Has it been up there for long? Oh. Just pretend. I'm talking about the word disqualified. Come on, someone. Awesome. Come on. Yeah, so um, this has happened to me before, being disqualified from a race, and I've, al I've also seen it a lot um, throughout school and throughout life. Um, one of the ways you can get disqualified is a bad start. And I saw this at the Arena Joondalup um, when I was in about grade five. And, and the thing about swimming carnivals is, is that some kids were only in one race, but they still have to spend seven hours in their rash vests and boardies, sitting there, eating their packed lunch all day for the one race. And I remember seeing at school carnivals, there'd be a kid that's there, he's a one race kid, come on some, uh, anyway, there's a one race kid sitting there waiting all day, and they get, to, they get there, and, the, and the, 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 the gun goes off, or the, the buzzer beeps, and, and sometimes they go a little bit early, and there's that kid that's ready to dive in, and they fall in, and then they're disqualified, and that poor kid's waited seven hours to have one quick dip and get out. You can get disqualified for having a bad start. And I don't know if anyone remembers that Ian Thorpe um, Olympics where he had a bad start and everyone was devastated because he could no longer compete. He was out of the race. Um, you can also get disqualified because of something that someone else did. Um, for example, three-legged race, grade seven, um, <laughs> at school. Me and my friend Brody, rope tied between the two legs, we're going to do this. And as I said before, my sporting career really went downhill after grade three. So three-legged race was my, was my race, and uh, that and shot put. And so I was ready, and uh, we, we, we're going, we're going, and we're trying to get the, the good momentum, good uh, connection with the legs, the whole thing. And then he falls over, and then as he's getting up, the rope unties, burp, disqualified. I could no longer compete because of something that he did. That can happen. It can even happen in a relay. You're passing the baton. Maybe the baton gets dropped or you, your person runs towards you for a second and crosses the line and they, you get disqualified because of something that somebody else has done. Uh, another way you can get disqualified is you can break the rules intentionally or unintentionally. You can misunderstand the rules and do something wrong and get disqualified. For example, touching the egg at an egg and spoon race. This happens a lot at Easter. Disqualification. And uh, the other thing that can happen, you can cross into someone else's 
lane. You know, you can be running, you get into someone else's lane, disqualified. You might be doing the 50-meter butterfly for a swimming carnival, and you end up three lanes over, out of the pool, you're disqualified. <laughs> Sometimes it's intentional, you can break the rules. And, and in a more serious note, like, we, we can have a fall. We can... We can f- uh, fall in some way. For example, um, I'm a big NBA fan, and these two young guys this year um, took banned substances in something, and they both missed out on 25 games to start the season, as if the Hawks and the Suns needed that as well. They're having terrible seasons. But these young guys took something, which they weren't allowed, and they were disqualified for 25 games. They could not compete in the games uh, for that part of the season. So we can, we can have a bad start, it can be someone else's fault, we can break the rules, we can have a fall, we can make a mistake, and, and I think in our life, we can have moments where we feel like, feel like we are disqualified from the race of life for various reasons. We can feel disqualified uh, in, in a portion of our life, which we were once hopeful in or, or full of faith for, but then because of something we've done or a bad start to it or something someone else has done, we feel like we can no longer compete, we can no longer take part in that area of life. You feel like you can no longer take part, perhaps, in the life that you feel God has for you. You can set out, you can come to church and feel like there's an amazing life that God has for you, but because of a mistake that you've made, because of a fall that you've had, maybe because of something that someone else has done, we feel like we can no longer take part in that dream or that endeavor that we felt God put in our heart. We can bury a dream. We can give up on goals. We can give up trying. We can give up hope. And and we think that those things can't happen to us anymore. We disqualify ourselves from taking part in the race that God has set for your life. That journey to find healing or purpose, a, a closeness to God. Sometimes we feel we've done too many wrong things and we feel like that, that pursuit is over. Um, that aspiration for leadership or influence or perhaps to be in ministry, we can feel like because of something that we've done or something that's happened to us or a mistake we made, we can disqualify ourselves from the pursuit of leadership. We can disqualify ourselves from finding good friends because I had that fight, because I said that thing, because I went to that place. I can't take part in that pursuit anymore. Even finding a spouse, we can give up on that goal or aspiration. We can say, man, I can't be a part of that anymore. I've done too many things that are wrong or too many things have happened to me. And you disqualify yourself from that endeavor. You need to know tonight, everybody, that we are not disqualified from the race that God has for your life. Come on, let's give some shout, give God some praise for that. You need to know it doesn't matter if you've made a mistake, God can still set you on the right path, heading in the right direction, if for just one turn to Jesus in our life, we can get back on track. Maybe something happened to you. You felt like you were on the path that God had for you. You felt like you were heading in the right direction. You felt like you could really get some speed, but someone else did something to you or someone took something away from you and you've disqualified yourself now from that endeavor. I want to encourage you that you are not disqualified and that the Bible shows us that God is the God of the first chance, the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. He's strong enough, patient enough, loyal enough, faithful enough, strong enough to lift us up, lift our spirits and get us back on track for the race that God has prepared for us. God is strong, He's gracious, He's patient and He's faithful and He can reinstate us back into the race that He prepared for us. I think about people in the Bible who perhaps we would attribute or think that because of things they did, they would be disqualified from what they ended up doing. 
But the Bible has amazing stories of the grace of God at work in people's life, people who were imperfect, who made conscious decisions to do the wrong thing, but through repentance and turning to God, God had them still end up exactly where he wanted them to be. Example number one is Peter. Peter in the Bible, a disciple of Jesus, on the most important night of their entire journey where Jesus was to be crucified on a cross, Peter denies that he knows Jesus three times. You think he spent so much time with Jesus, he spent three years with him, under his ministry, learning about him, and, and, and Peter was the one that received the revelation that he was the Messiah. This is, a, this is a, clearly a great man who has a moment where he denies that he knows Jesus three times. He has a fall. He, he makes a mistake. He, he does something which seems irredeemable. And he felt that way. But here's the thing. He was not disqualified. Jesus redeems Peter. And it happens on a beach where he reinstates him back into the fold. And here's the thing. He denied Jesus three times after spending three years with him. That's a big deal. And here's the thing. He was a key part of the building of the church that we know today. He was there at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit filled him. He spoke. He said amazing things. A lot of what we know about the church and God is through Peter's ministry. He was not disqualified by a mistake, and you aren't either. Come on. What about... Jacob, Jacob in the Old Testament, he was a cheater. He cheats his brother Esau. He, he puts fake hair on his arms. He pretends to be his brother. He receives the birthright, which was for Esau. He was a cheater. He runs away. He's scared of his brother Esau. Here's the thing. Jacob made a big mistake. He did something that was deceptive. But here's the thing. He is still a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. He's still one of the forefathers of our faith. He is still in there because he was not disqualified by something that he did. What about David? David in the Bible, great man of God, a man with, uh, after God's own heart, the killer of giants, of, of lions and tigers and bears. I don't know about the tigers. I think it was just lions and bears. But great man of God, clearly with an anointing on his life. But he, he, one night he's out on his roof and he sees a woman bathing and he sleeps with that woman and he actually has that woman's husband killed. You think, man, if anything's going to disqualify you, it's that. That's pretty hectic. Makes me feel a lot better about the things I felt bad for. <laughs> We're not supposed to do that though. But anyway, here's the thing. David repents. He has a prophet come and see him. He repents of what he's done. And he's repentant. He turns to God. And listen, he was not disqualified from being the king of Israel and being one of the greatest leaders throughout Scripture. And again, Jesus comes from his lineage. A mistake that he made, an, an, an impulse of flesh or a decision that he made, it did not disqualify him. Here's the thing. It will not disqualify you either. Here's the kicker. All these guys turned to Jesus and repented. Repented means they turned around, they changed their ways. They had a change of thinking which changed their behavior. What about Jonah? Jonah in the Bible. God speaks to him about going to Nineveh as a missionary and, and really seeing a whole city saved. And he runs away. He runs away. He turns from that. I think that disqualifies him. If, you, know, if, you know, being a pastor at church, if I have a leadership opportunity for somebody and I say, bro, we'd love you to run, you know, um, our grade two to fours in, in kids. It's an amazing opportunity for you to do something for God. And they run away. I'm, I'm probably going to go, he's probably not the one. When it's like, how'd your chat go with him? Yeah, he ran away. It's like, oh, but God goes back to Jonah. Has, Jonah has an, an encounter. He goes into a, into a whale or a fish. I don't know. Don't email me. A whale or a fish. He gets spat out there. He, he ends up in Nineveh and he does the will of God. 
He brings salvation to that whole city. He was not disqualified from doing something amazing for God because he ran away. Here's the thing. You won't be either. If you're fearful of God using you and something amazing comes your way and you're nervous and you want to run away, it doesn't mean it's over. If you've run away from an opportunity, maybe I did ask you to do great two to four in kids and you ran away. It's not over. I'm coming back to chat with you. No, I'm just kidding. What about Paul in the Bible? Paul... He was a persecutor of Christians. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. He was someone that was passionate about coming against Jesus. Here's the thing. He had a a bad start, to put it lightly. But he ends up being such a key person um, in, in the building of our theology and our understanding of God and the church and what we have today as Scripture. Paul was such a key part of that. What he did pre-salvation did not disqualify him from being used by God. And it's the same for you. You might be like, before I got saved, you don't understand the bad things I've done. I can't be someone that does something for God now. It's not true. Have a look at what Paul did and then how God used him. God can turn your entire life around if for an encounter with Jesus and a turning to him. What about Sarah and Abraham in the Bible? Um, They're 100 years old, and God tells them that you're going to have a child. You think, you know, Sarah's probably disqualified herself from being a mother. In in just her thinking, I'm 100, it's gone. The, The clock's ticked, it's over. But age isn't something that disqualifies you from God doing something in your life. You might think you're too young or too old. Here's the thing, it does not matter when you have an encounter with Jesus and turn to his ways and to his word. God can do something amazing. Here's the last one. What about Lazarus? He was dead. I disqualify Lazarus from doing anything because he's dead. (laughs) Here's the thing. He, he got up and God did something in his life. Jesus resurrects Lazarus and he went on and, and lived his life. Even death in Scripture isn't something that disqualifies people from living life and doing what God's called them to do. Here's the thing. You can be dead. You might think you're too old. You might be the worst sinner out there. I'm, I'm in the club. But you might think that you've done too many bad things. You've had the worst start in life. You've run away from God. But here's the thing. You're still not disqualified if you turn to Jesus and turn to his ways. Throughout scripture, be encouraged by this. God used the stubborn, the fearful, the old, the young, the dead. He used cheaters. He used adulterers. Come on, he can use us in Jesus' name. Isn't that encouraging? Come on. We, one, one thing we've got to remember is that we, we cannot run away from the consequences of sin. All those people that I talked about in Scripture that God used, David and and Jonah, um, Abraham, and then then people that made mistakes, um, you know, Jacob as well, deceiving his brother. They they paid a price. There was consequences to their sin. But even though we can't run away from the consequences of sin, we can run to God with the challenges that it creates. Things will happen. It's like, you know... when you try and explain that to a young person, what I usually say is, is like if you've, um, you've murdered someone and then um, you get saved and then they go, um, that's it, I don't have to go to jail, I don't have to go to court. And it's like, hold on, hold on. God's forgiven your sins, but there's now a consequence to what you've done. And we're always going to have consequences in our life. But here's the thing. When we repent and turn to Jesus, we now have someone in our life who's going to help us navigate the challenges that we've created with our choices. 
I know it's cliche, but it's powerful. It's powerful that God can take our mess and turn it into a message. You know, everybody's life, there is in it a beautiful testimony of the grace of God coming from those things which we've made a mistake or, or done something wrong. But a beautiful testimony can come out of that that God can use. God does not disqualify. We disqualify ourselves. Um, I don't know if you've seen in, uh, in Exodus with Moses and the burning bush. Moses has this encounter with a bush that's burning and God speaks to him out of the bush. And there's this crazy part in, in chapter uh, 4, verse 10, where Mo- it says this. It's going to come on the screen. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past uh, nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And uh, Moses says that. He says, I I don't know if I'm the right person to go to Pharaoh um, to see the Israelites freed from slavery. I don't know if I'm the right person because I can't speak well. And God actually comes and equips him and has Aaron come alongside him in Scripture. But what's really interesting, and I only really saw it the other day, um, was Acts chapter 7, verse 22. Check this out. It's going to come up on the screen. It says, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptian and was powerful in speech and action. No, he wasn't. Acts 7, yes, he was. Exodus 4, no, he wasn't. Acts 7, yes, he was. What's interesting about that is that that description, Moses gives himself. He attributed that impediment to himself, but later in Scripture, we hear that he was powerful in speech. Moses was partly trying to disqualify himself. Am I the right person to be used by you in this situation? Because I can't speak well. But then later on in Scripture, we hear he's powerful with speech. He, he attributed to himself an impediment, and I think, in an attempt to disqualify himself. I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I don't want to do that. The cost's too big, or I, I'm not the best speaker. He, he was disqualifying himself. And uh, even when we read about Gideon in Judges chapter 6, Gideon's a young guy who an angel of the Lord appears to and says, Mighty warrior, I, I want to use you. And, and Gideon says, I, I, I'm the weakest person from the weakest family. There's got to be somebody else. Um, here's the thing. God wanted to use Gideon. And those words that came out of Gideon's mouth are almost the opposite of the words that came out of the angel of the Lord's mouth. And I think sometimes in our own life, we disqualify ourselves and give ourselves we attribute impediments to ourself that God's not giving to us. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not a good speaker. Uh, people don't listen to me. I'm not a leader. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the right fit. I'm not the right shape. I'm not the right person for this. But here's the thing. In 2020, can I encourage you, allow the Lord's voice to be louder than your own. Gideon, what he said about himself and what God said about him was the complete opposite. And then what came out of Moses' mouth in terms of his speech is the opposite to what Scripture says later in in the Bible. And I think sometimes we say things about ourselves. We disqualify ourselves. We say, I can't do that. That that endeavor's too big. I can't start that business. I can't ask that person out. I can't share the gospel with that person. I can't save that money. I can't go to that conference. I can't be a youth leader. I can't be a teacher. I can't be a great husband. You need to stop saying those things about yourself. You need to make sure that God's voice is louder in your head than your own one. And there's only one way to do that. The only way to do that is to read more of His Word, get stuck into His Word, get stuck into worship, make sure that the the things of God are more present in your life than anything else. And can I give you a challenge for 2020? Don't let one negative thing about yourself come out of your own mouth. Because it's not situations disqualifying us. It's not even the enemy sometimes. It's ourselves. 
And can I encourage you, do not attribute impediments to yourself, which are gonna hold you back from what God has for you in 2020. You're not too addicted. You're not too addicted. You're not too far behind. You're not too old. It's not too late to start. Do not disqualify yourself because God has something amazing for you in 2020. Come on, why don't we stand and sing? God wants to do something amazing. Why don't we lift our voice and worship Him together? Come on. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.